Money Roots is made possible by the support of our sponsor, Rooted Planning Group. Are you ready to take control of your financial future? Look no further than Rooted Planning Group, your trusted partner in financial well-being. At www.rootedpg.com, you'll discover a wealth of resources and expertise to help you thrive financially. Rooted Planning Group specializes in personalized financial planning, investment management, and retirement strategies. They understand that every financial journey is unique, and they're here to guide you every step of the way. With a team of experienced advisors, Rooted Planning Group is committed to helping you cultivate a secure and prosperous future. Visit www.rootedpg.com today to learn more about how Rooted Planning Group can help you grow your money roots. Every week, it's my goal to share financial information that helps you in both your life and financial vineyard. We hope it takes you from your roots to the journey of your vines and the influences in the air that have helped craft your delicious life. Like wine, life and finances have different palettes that should be celebrated and not judged. Hi, Wine and Dime listeners. This is Amy Irvine, CEO and founder of Rooted Planning Group. And today I am fortunate enough to have Kate Welker here joining me again on the podcast. As you may recall, Kate is one of our financial planners and we are going to be talking about some fun topics I'm sure everybody is thinking about right now. A couple of things, actually. Kate, welcome to the show. Hi, Amy. Thanks for having me back. It feels like it's been a little while, so I was excited to be on. Yeah, it has been. Maybe too long, I think. Um, So Kate and I were sort of jamming prior to the session, thinking about some things that clients were asking us. And one of the questions that we've been hearing a lot about is if people should be pulling money out of the stock market right now and putting it into cash because cash is yielding such a high rate of return. Kate, what is your opinion on that? Well, if you listen to last week's podcast, I think the discussion was a little bit around asset allocation. And you, when you talk about pulling money out of the stock market, you want to make sure you're still sticking with your goals and objectives. You're not doing it out of fear. But if you have, when we look at your uh, equation, you've got one side that's your stocks and equities, the other side that's fixed incomes. And that could be bonds, it could be CDs, it could be cash, it could be money market funds. And right now with the rate money markets, if you're interested in, you could take a piece that has previously been allocated to bonds or more particularly just cash, and it would be ideal, mm-hmm. and using a money market fund to get a higher rate of return right now. And we don't know how long that rate will continue. So it's not a guaranteed rate. But for the moment, while rates are up, there is returning a nice about 5%. Yeah. And and your point about it, we don't know how long that is going to continue. The thing that I think a lot of people don't realize one of the differences between another fixed income vehicle like CDs and money markets is that CDs, when you buy them, they're locked in for whatever the term is. So if you buy a one-year CD and it's at 5%, it stays at 5% during that one-year term. Money markets don't work that way. No, money markets don't because with the money market, they're they're trading in very short-term you know, treasuries and investments. So it's going to be based on what the current rates are, what happens with stated interest rates, where we're seeing trading. So it could change daily, weekly, monthly, what we're seeing. So you will need to be a little more on top of it. If um, maybe that's not for you or you're afraid you'll forget 
to follow up on it, that might be why you'd want to look at a CD instead. So you could lock that rate in. Um, we've actually been seeing the long-term rates finally starting to climb up. Um, last week, I saw callable bonds, not your non-callable, that you're guaranteed the term over 5%. In the long-term, mm-hmm. I think a five-year, I saw it 4.6. So mm-hmm. we're starting to see a lot higher rates longer term than we were before. Yeah, the, the yield curve, as they call it, is starting to level out just a little bit. It's still not there yet, but it's starting to level out. And I know I'm starting to lock some laddered returns in over the long term, because even if the feds do raise interest rate another time, as they've talked about doing, I still feel like, you know, rates could adjust uh, quickly on the longer term more so. So, so I'm starting to put things out there. You know, uh, one of the things that I, I think is probably, I just used a term about the yield curve. Now, a lot of people don't really understand what that yield curve is. So maybe we should take just a few minutes and talk about that. If you think about, if you think about a flat line, like let's just in your mind, put a flat line. Now don't flat line on, uh, on us, but if you have a flat line that you're thinking about, uh, if, if it's, if, if you have a flat line yield curve, then a, you know, three month CD is going to be 5% and a five year CD could be 5% and a 10 year CD could be 5%. So, you know, that's a flat yield curve. So we've heard a lot about an inverted yield curve. So maybe Kate, explain what that is just a little bit to the listeners. Well, an inverted, you are that's think of opposite or reversed what you would expect, where shorter term interest rates are a lot higher than longer term. So I just mentioned that longer term CD rate. Earlier this year, we were seeing CDs for three to six months at 5% and a two to five year at 2%. Yeah. Um, so it didn't, it, you know, you wouldn't want to lock in longer term because it was it was upside down when you think almost like common sense would be like, well, doesn't it make more sense to lock in longer term? It didn't at that point. It was reversed or in, yeah. inverted. Yeah, inverted. And so now, because you, like you just said, we're starting to see that level out, the normal curve would be that your short term rate is lower and your long term rate is higher. And and why that would be normal is because if I'm going to let you use my money for five years, you have to pay more for that. And it's the same if you think about a loan, like if, mm-hmm. if you're borrowing a loan, typically the longer the term you borrow the loan for, the higher the interest rate. Well, the shorter you borrow the loan for, the lower the interest rate. Well, that's really what's going on with bonds and CDs and um, even cash to a certain extent because we're talking about short term. So to answer the question, I think going back to what you said earlier, you know, that we're being asked, should I take some money out of the stock market? We're recording this podcast on October 6th after a relatively volatile... (laughs) (laughs) That's a great word. Volatile month of September. And even the first week of October has not been overly friendly on stock prices would you what you know thinking long term now these are not short term cash needs why why are we constantly giving the opposite advice of putting more money in the stock market versus taking it out of the stock market right now so if you look historically and at the long term your long term rate in a stock market based portfolio will historically return more over the long term horizon than a cash basis will because right now that money market we're talking about is paying 5% but three years ago, four years ago, they paid what 0.04%. Yeah, you were lucky. Very, very low numbers. So if you historically average those rates, you're getting one 1.2% over history on a cash basis, like a um, money market would be. 
for your portfolio, you could see all depends on what you're getting, but more like a seven to eight to nine percent historical rate of return. So for a long term investment, staying steady in the market isn't more successful. Assuming that that happens. And I know some people have had some concerns like, is the stock market going to perform better than the bond market because of higher interest rates? Right. And of course, we can never, you know, we can never determine that right now. It's always, always backward looking. But I can say that, again, if you look historically, we've had other periods of times where bond markets have have had high yields like they do right now. And ultimately, the stock market still does outperform the bond market. And again, another term that I really wanted to find, I was talking about bond yields. Uh, right now, when we're talking about yields, new issue CDs and bonds are coming in a little bit higher, like four and a half to five percent. So if I'm a bank or I'm a corporation or yeah, I'm an organization that wants to borrow money, I'm depending on my risk, how risky I am. You know, I'm I'm probably going to be paying you five to six percent on a bond a bond that I'm issuing right now. However, there when we talk, that's the coupon. That's the coupon, right? When we talk about yields, yields is a whole different animal, right? So yields gets confusing because if you if you are not a new issue and you have a bond that was issued five years ago, well, because interest rates were rising, the prices of those bonds were falling. And so now something that has a coupon of like 2% might actually have a yield of close to 5% because if I want to sell that 2% bond, I have to give that to you at a discount. Now, if that's not confusing, do you have a better way of maybe explaining that than, than I do, Kate? Because I think, you know, it's really, they hear people hear terminology like that, like bond yields are at a 20 year high. That's, there's a difference between yields mm-hmm. though and coupon. And maybe I guess you just need to know that. Yeah, I, I was, I, if no one can see me, I'm sitting here with a deep thought look as a better comparison. Um, and this is something that even being in this industry for years, um, I still find like the thought, I have to really think through coupon and yield and you know yield to maturity, um, just really think it through because they can be topics. Can be I'm going to yeah. think of a good analogy and report back at a later podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, good. We'll be glad to have you back on in a later podcast to go over this particular topic. And I know we've got a tax season, uh, you know, I hate to say this, but we're into the fourth quarter. This becomes a very busy time for us running sort of some projections, urine's projections coming up. And we want people to start thinking about making some decisions around their taxes at the end of the year. Uh, And I've been doing a series about different types of retirement plans that people can actually contribute to. Uh, And one that you actually have a little bit more time to dig into is IRAs. But any thoughts around uh, some last minute tips towards the end of the year that people might be able to save a little bit more on taxes around savings vehicles just in general? Yeah, absolutely. So as Amy just mentioned, IRAs and Roth IRAs, you have a little bit more time because you actually can contribute to those up to April 15th of the following year, the tax filing deadline. But it's still good right now to take a look at where you're at. So um, for example, maybe your 401k or 403b through your employer, you haven't maximized yet or... Um, even if you're not maximizing, you just have a little extra cash funds, um, cash flow available so that you could instead say, all right, I have extra money. I want to save somewhere. Let's increase my 401k deferral rates. And that's going to lower your taxable income between now and the end of the year. Um, another strategy 
that we will be looking at with, you know, particularly with clients right now. Um, and I'm not sure we have time to get the whole topic, but would be Roth conversions. Mm -hmm. So with a, a Roth conversion, you can take money that is in a tax deferred account. So um, like a traditional IRA that you have um, not paid tax on, you can elect to pay the tax on it and put it in a Roth IRA, which as long as you keep it in there for the withholding, withholding requirements, you will not pay tax on that or the growth. Um, and so people might use that to fill up their tax brackets. Exactly. Here, right? So if, you, yeah. if you're looking at where you're at and doing a little projection to see where you're going to be by the end of the year, if you have, if you're solidly in a tax bracket and you think it's going to be higher in the future, it might make a lot of sense right now to see mm -hmm. how much, how much room do I have left in that tax bracket before I jump up and consider doing a conversion right now. Yeah. I think that's a great tip. And I think the the bottom line that you're trying to get at is, you know, run some numbers right now. Because run some numbers right now. Yes. Once you get to the end of the year, you don't have a lot of options after December 31st. But right now we actually have three months or two and a half months by the time this is released to really, um, you know, make some changes and do not wait until December 15th because you won't get it done in time. Like no, Even if you think you can get it done, the organizations, the custodians you're working with, they are right. slammed. Um, no, it's, it's a great time. I, I know I sent my husband a message the other day. I said, can you please bring me home a pay stub? Um, because I was doing this myself. Yeah, um, we do it on ourselves. Yeah, yeah. This is just a good time of year to yeah. check in with where you're at. Yeah. And I do want to mention, because I didn't at the beginning of the podcast, I was so eager to talk about this topic. Uh, Kate and I are going to be enjoying, we're actually traveling together right now as we're recording this podcast. And we're going to be enjoying a bottle of Lemberger wine tonight from Lakewood. I don't even think Kate knew that. She's looking at the expression on her face. <laughs> um, so for those of you that are looking for the wine tip of the day, uh, my wine tip of the day is Lemberger from Lakewood. It's a really luscious red wine for those of you that are wondering. So uh, very peppery, very smooth. Um, I think it's going to be helpful to Kate to wind the evening out <laughs> with that after traveling with me for two days. We want to say thank you so much for listening to the show today. We hope you have enjoyed this episode. We'd love it if you would share it with your friends and rate us on iTunes so that more people can find us like you did. And a big shout out to TJ Mann at Mian Media. We are so appreciative of all the faux pas and the blending that he does during the production of this podcast. Thank you so much. And Kate, again, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. Bye. And that will about do it for today's episode of Wine and Dine. You can contact Amy through the website, www.rootedpg.com or amy at rootedpg.com. You can also follow us on Facebook and Instagram at RootedPG for the latest news. And if you have any questions, comments, or topics you would like to hear about, feel free to let us know. And don't forget to rate and subscribe the show wherever you get your podcasts. And again, thank you for listening, and be sure to tune in next time.